Hello, I'm Zara. And my uncle made me mad. Zara is sitting in a group therapy session in a mental health hospital. I ran and kept on running. I wanted to just go into oblivion. And that's how I got here. Zara, like many of the women in the group, is a survivor of violence. And this, more than anything, has impacted her mental health. Zara is a character in The Burial of All Women. And what's unique about this film, it isn't just a subject matter, but the fact that it was written, directed, and produced entirely by women filmmakers. They were members of the same cohort at the Girl Nation Academy, a place in Nigeria that's making a push to break down barriers in the Nigerian film industry. For Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainan. On today's Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, we look at how Nigerian women are changing social norms through the film industry. Reporter Yechino Sasitu has more. Binwana, a name from northern Nigeria that means, what have I done? It is a name given to a child during the hard times of the parent. Binwana is also a woman in her early 30s and is charting a course for her life. As Nigerians believe in the power of a name, Binwana Gazua has decided to carve her own meaning to say, what have I done to deserve God's mercies? She's a woman taking a career in the male-dominated world of filmmaking. After I graduated from theater, I knew that the only thing I wanted to do was film. But there was nobody calling you or even paying attention to you as a woman to say, hey, come come to my set. Because the truth is, men just don't believe in you as a woman. After Binwana graduated, she was able to land entry-level jobs on film sets in Nigeria. Nigeria has the biggest film industry in Africa. While Binwana is excited to be working in the film industry, she's frustrated that her ideas are rarely taken seriously. Her dream is to direct, but for too long, that felt unreachable. Something happened on a project we were working on, and I knew that I could direct the scripts better. I could see the camera angles. I could see the interpretation that I would want to give the story. But somebody told me, yeah, well, sorry, no, you, you've never directed anything. And, you know, besides you're a woman, we need, you know, we need a man, you know, to, to, who has a name to do that. Unfortunately, Benwana's experience in Nollywood is not unique. Other women have been told there were no opportunities for them to do work behind the camera. Women's skills in filmmaking have not deliberately been targeted in terms of really programming to empower women with technical filmmaking skills. And so our industry has women actively engaged in the industry in very nominal spaces. That's Caroline Seaman. Three years ago, she decided to do something about it. Seaman's background was advocating for girls' rights in getting girls more STEM training so they could land more lucrative tech jobs. She thought she could do the same in the film industry. So in 2019... Seaman started the Girl Nation Academy, largely with funding from the French Embassy. Girl Nation is a social impact film project. Uh, We designed it to impact young women with 
technical filmmaking skills and support them to produce short films and documentaries around women and girls' rights issues. And they use those films to screen in communities and facilitate informal conversations with community people with a goal to mobilize action around women and girls' rights issues. So how do we start to talk and take action around ending child marriage, for example, or ending gender-based violence, critical social issues that women and adolescent girls have to deal with in our communities. In the past three years, around 500 girls have received free training from the academy. To get into the program, women can be recommended by their film associations. Each year, hundreds apply, but only a few dozen get in. This past year, Benwana was one of the lucky ones to be accepted, and she says the three-month training she received from the academy was transformational. The training was it was like a miracle kind of opportunity for me because it's helped me transition from the kind of films I was making to now I see myself as someone that can make any kind of film that I want to make. As part of her training at the Girl Nation Academy, Binwana directed her own short film titled The Burial of All Women with a plot centered around sexual abuse in a mental health facility. We'll need to catch him in the act and I have an idea to do it. I am the one that got away, yeah? I think Clifford will still want to have a taste of the new girl. So, we record him doing it. Binwana says she hopes this can be the first of many films she makes that exposes the challenges many women face in Nigeria. She's currently working on another project with a Nollywood studio and says the training has emboldened her to tell stories with deeper themes. There are quite a number of stories that I want to tell. My story, the stories of other women, uh, the stories of other women that are forgotten, historical figures, our present day, you know, stories of our pain, our hurt, our victories. This training has just encouraged me that I can do it. Speak up and action. What were you saying about my memories? Elsewhere in northern Nigeria, Another member of the Girl Nation Academy is putting her skills to use. 21-year-old Latifa Abdurrahman Arumiri is still in school and has worked on a film that's meant to speak specifically about women's rights. A story about um, a small girl that is really interested in learning. And our films were based on things happening around our community in the north. They don't really value female child education due to the fact that her parents were not able to afford her going to school. So whenever she walked to a school, she would stay by the window side and listen to what the teacher is teaching the students. After graduating, Latifa hopes to continue working in sound design. I just think I'm interested in that. I don't know. I just love that sound aspect. Latifa and Binwana are not only getting technical training, but mentorship as well from women who have broken through in the Nigerian film industry. One of those is Odaro Igbaku. In 2016, she became one of only a handful of women to successfully start her own production company in Nigeria called Nuvi Films. You can do films in, in different ways. You can choose to be a freelancer, which is essentially someone who is just a one-man squad. And then you can run a company, which is what I do. So I, I run a business. I have staff. 
I make commercials for brands. I make some short films every now and then for um, developmental change. But with commercials, what happens is you're paid to do them. So you're not really, once you look into that commercial side of filmmaking, you're able to save up money for other things. So that's how I really approached it. Well, the truth is, um, it's always been like a, a man's wall. This is Kayode Ayegusi. He's also a supporter of Girl Nation Academy. He says it shouldn't just be women trying to help other women, but men need to be supportive too. In his role as the chairman of the National Association of Theatre Arts Practitioners, NANTAP, Abuja chapter, he has worked directly with graduates of Girl Nation Academy as well as other women to help them land jobs. What our women traditionally have done in the industry is to be the beautiful faces you see on screen, but they are not the ones who create, who bring up the stories, who direct the stories, who produce the stories. Until lately that the women are finding themselves and they are beginning to assert themselves in the industry. They're beginning to, to also want to show that, yes, they can actually tell not just their own stories, but they can tell our stories. Even as young women continue to graduate from Girl Nation Academy, it's hard to know how big of a dent they're making in Nollywood overall. One of the frustrations many women here feel is that there are no statistics available about women in film, so success is measured anecdotally. Girl Nation movies are still mostly being seen in film festivals and smaller gatherings, but there's hope that a few may get picked up and made into future films. And the likelihood of that happening increases every year as more and more Girl Nation Academy graduates get jobs in Nollywood. And now, Girl Nation is expanding its reach by launching something called the Nigerian Female Filmmakers Congress. It's a formal network where graduates of the Academy gather and discuss how to fund and market their movies. Experts are brought in to talk about how to apply for loans and properly register their films. This year's Congress was held in October in Abuja. Good day, everyone. My name is Sedukbai. I'm a director, producer, and a production designer. I've been in the film industry for about 11 years now. First of all, when I saw the invite, I was really... But another way to measure the success of the Academy is by looking at the content of the films themselves. For too long, Nigerian films only depicted women in roles where they were subservient to men. Now, that's changing, and women filmmakers are showcasing topics that in the past were considered taboo, like educating girls in the North or ending child marriage. The funding for the Girl Nation Academy will need to diversify their revenue sources. They have been busy applying for grants from the Nigerian government and working with the Ministry of Women Affairs and Social Development to try and secure sponsorship from other international organizations. Girl Nation Academy founder and creative director Caroline Simon is hopeful the program will continue to grow. She says there are still so many compelling stories to tell. I think what is more significant about the kind of stories that we get to tell as Girl Nation is that there are stories that are bold, there are stories that are not stories that would ordinarily have been told because these are stories about women and girls told by women and girls and used to champion um, advocacy around issues that affect women and girls. For the hidden economics of remarkable women, I am Yechi Nsasitu.
We'll be right back with a deeper look at the Nigerian film industry. Let's face it, money is the one subject we all need to deal with, but no one actually wants to talk about. The good news is there's a podcast helping you learn everything about money no one taught you. Meet Everyone's Talking Money, hosted by me, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money and just helps you get in a better relationship with your money no matter what your goals are. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a production of Foreign Policy. I'm Rena Nainan. It is hard to get good data about women's representation in Nigerian film. Thankfully, I had a chance to speak to Ojoma Ochai. She has decades of experience working with the Nigerian film industry. She's currently the managing partner of the Creative Economy Practice at CC Hub, which helps support film and other creative projects in Africa. Ojama, I didn't realize until we started researching for this episode that Nigeria actually has one of the largest film markets in the world. How did it get so big? What we now call Nollywood began around 99. And 99 was also a return to democracy from several years of military rule. So there was also this sort of awakening of a people, of a whole generation that had been restricted in terms of what they were able to consume because the military regimes had such a stronghold on expression. I think also the switch to digital broadcasting and digital filmmaking was also a really pivotal ingredient in that whole journey because it made filmmaking much more accessible, both from a sort of creation perspective, but also from a consumption perspective. You've done a lot a lot of work to increase the number of women in creative jobs in Nigeria, specifically in film. Based on your research, what percentage of the film industry jobs are currently held by women? And what are the roles that they're playing? There's a lot of research, and depending on who you speak to, there are all kinds of numbers floating around. What I do know for sure is that we do have women overrepresented in some types of jobs in film. Jobs like styling, makeup, casting, we have women overrepresented, but conversely, we have women underrepresented in technical roles, in middle management roles. And so the sort of pipeline of the future leaders of film in Nigeria, unfortunately, is very male. That's not to say there are no women leaders in film. In fact, just before I joined this, I was looking at the top 10 grossing films in 2021, six out of the 10 were produced by women. Mm. It's interesting you talk about the number of women at the top producing films, pretty significant, and then also at the bottom, but that middle sector, why do you think there's a lack of women throughout the middle? Oh gosh, good question. I think it's a number of things. One is to do with the conditions of work. And when I talk about conditions, I talk about conditions from a number of lenses. One thing that we know with Nollywood is that in terms of work hours, the practice regarding work hours does not really allow for good work-life balance because there are no standards, for example, about how many hours a day of work you should be on a film set, for example. 
there are no standards around how people even are treated on sets or in film productions or in film projects. It's more difficult for women to combine what is primarily the caregiver or the homemaker role, which is still predominantly a female role in Nigeria. It's really difficult for women to balance that with the kind of erratic hours on film sets and film projects and so on. So that means that beyond the entry level, it takes a particular type of woman in a particular circumstance that's able to decide to maybe favor one part of her life, i.e. her work over her family and make those choices, which is not a choice that anyone should have to make because the conditions should allow for equality in terms of progression. Another thing is lack of protection from harassment or abuse for women in the film sector. It's not always talked about, but the fact is that it is there. There is a lot of harassment, but some of it is very specific targeted harassment of women wanting to rise through the ranks to do more influential roles or get into more influential projects. So I think that's also a barrier. Some of the issues that these women in the middle sector are facing is the lack of flexible hours for those who have families, the huge amount of harassment issues that still exist, and the demanding hours. What about maternity leave? What is maternity leave? Um, I say <laughs> that, this that, a that bit. That just says flip- everything. <laughs> that yeah, statement just I, says I, everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I say it a bit flippantly, but, but genuinely. So um, I would say something like, 80 to 90% of the roles in film are freelance. And so if you're taking maternity leave, there are no social protections that will pay you a wage while you're taking that leave. So people are literally forced back to work as soon as they're able, even before Mm -hmm. they're able, after having children. We know that in film and other sectors, taking maternity leave is almost tantamount to saying... I don't want to get promoted or I'm not committed to this job because that's how it is perceived. And we've heard of instances where in an interview, people are being asked all these intrusive questions about when are you planning to have your next baby or, you know, all of those things that you should never be allowed to ask because some of these things that should not be legal, employers can and do get away with that kind of discrimination. Mm. I think also... In terms of the roles and opportunities that are promoted to young people, I don't know that we've done enough to promote the more technical, the more management type roles to young girls looking for work in the film industry. I think we need to do a better job of guiding young women into those career paths in film that enable them, one, be more influential in the sector, and two is enable them have sort of more representation across the full spectrum of jobs that are available in the sector. I really like a motto that you have about increasing the number of women in various kinds of industries. It's inspire, educate, protect, promote. What do you mean by these four words? I think to start with, we need to inspire girls and show girls and young women that it is possible to do certain types of roles in the film industry. And I think that's a combination of demonstrating where it has worked and showcasing women that have managed to make this happen for themselves. 
I think it also includes mentoring and supporting young girls and women to just see the pathway into these kinds of technical or behind the scenes types of roles. The second being educate was we need to give them the skills that they need to be able to do this work. The third being to protect is what I was saying about protections on the job, whether it's from harassment or work hours and so on. And then promote is when all of these are in place, we still have to give them the chance, right? And provide the kind of enabling environment that allows women to thrive in this sector. So yeah, it would be that kind of four-pronged approach to get more women in more influential positions in film, not just any positions in the film sector. Ojemochai, thank you so much for your perspective on the Nigerian film industry and its implications for women. Thank you for having me. The film industry has incredible influence and power to change cultural thinking, customs, and even how we view people. A good film can entertain, but also educate. The new emerging women of Nollywood, Nigeria's film industry, were successfully able to create opportunities for women to enter the space. It takes help from the outside, through governments and corporations investing in women and working with the local government to help blaze a new trail of opportunity and success. You've heard one woman say that a simple three-month training course was a, quote, miracle. Hopefully, as more Nigerian women enter these spaces, traditionally occupied by men, the obstacles in their way will get smaller and smaller. Until that time of equity, it's important to celebrate and support these trailblazers. In two weeks, how cooperatives are helping women chain nut producers keep more of their profits. When they came on board, we were not like, okay, if we are going to do anything meaningful, it's decided you join a cooperative. I'm Rena Ninen, and you've been listening to The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Laura Rosbrow Tellum is our senior producer, Rob Sachs, our managing director, and Yecheno Sasitu contributed reporting for this episode. Foreign Policy's audio team includes Rosie Julin, Maria Jimena Aragon, Claudia Tady and Dan Efron. Our show is a production of Foreign Policy and is made possible through funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If you like what you're hearing, we hope you'll subscribe and write us a review. It really helps us spread the word about what we're doing. We're going to take a break for the holidays, but I'll see you back in the new year with Hero, The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, Season 3.